This recording begins with a reading of the Gospel of the Day. That will be followed by the homily from Father Paul O'Brien. The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. While some people were speaking how the temple was about how the temple was adorned with costly stones and votive offerings, Jesus said, All that you see here, the days will come when there will not be left a stone upon another stone that will not be thrown down. Then they asked him, Teacher, when will this happen? And what sign will there be when all these things are about to happen? He answered, See that you not be deceived, for many will come in my name, saying, I am he, and the time has come. Do not follow them. When you hear of wars and insurrections, do not be terrified, for such things must happen first, but it will not immediately be the end. Then he said to them, Nation will rise against nation, and kingdom against kingdom. There will be powerful earthquakes, famines, and plagues from place to place, and awesome sights and mighty signs will come from the sky. Before all this happens, however, they will seize and persecute you. They will hand you over to the synagogues and to prisons, and they will have you led before kings and governors because of my name. It will lead to your giving testimony. Remember, you are not to prepare your defense beforehand, for I myself shall give you a wisdom in speaking that all your adversaries will be powerless to resist or refute. You will even be handed over by parents, brothers, relatives, and friends, and they will put some of you to death. You will be hated by all because of my name, but not a hair on your head will be destroyed. By your perseverance, you will secure your lives. The Gospel of the Lord. In November, which is the final month of our liturgical year, we hear day by day at Mass and at Sunday Masses scripture passages in which God reveals important truths about the final things, about life after earthly death, about the end of the world, about the future. All of these revelations are meant to open our eyes and our minds and our hearts to make choices about how we live today. Without these revelations about the future, I would live my life very, very differently. I presume it's the same with you. So the passage we just heard is from Luke 21. It's a passage that is very confusing. It's very difficult, probably because these were original teachings of Jesus about the future that are brought together in this one place, one passage one chapter, I should say. So if you read this, you may find yourself confused. I think you should find yourself confused. It's hard to figure it out. It doesn't make a coherent whole. But if you do spend time with this passage this week, which I hope you will, you can see truths that emerge about the future from Jesus that do have a commonality. So as I read this passage, I believe Jesus is talking again, originally three separate teachings, revelations, about three things in the future that will be terrible. So Jesus is speaking to people at the beginning of AD about the future. So in there, number one, Jesus says that the temple, people are in the temple in Jerusalem. They're observing how wonderful it is, how beautifully decorated it is. And Jesus says all of this is going to be destroyed. 
there's not a stone upon a stone of this temple that will not be wiped out. That is terrible. For our Jewish ancestors, that temple in Jerusalem is, in fact, the holiest place on the planet. It's the single most important building on the earth. It's a place at that time in which God's spirit somehow really dwells uniquely. It's the holiest place on the planet. Imagine hearing from Jesus, the Son of God, it turns out, this entire place is going to be destroyed. That is terrible. That's a terrible future. And in fact, as I hope you know, that takes place. About 40 years later, the Romans absolutely destroy that temple. It's never been rebuilt. They wipe out much of Jerusalem. Huge numbers of people are brutally killed. What Jesus says about the future actually takes place not long after he says those words. Secondly, in that passage, it's the final part of what we just heard. Jesus speaks to his disciples, people who are actually following him, people among whom he, is, he has chosen people to be the future leaders of his church. He says to them that you are going to be persecuted. You, because of my name, are going to be hauled before religious leaders and civil leaders. You're going to be thrown into prison. You're going to be, some of you are going to be killed because of my name. Everyone is going to hate you because of my name. People who are close to you, whom you should be able to trust, to love you and protect you, are going to turn you over to persecutors. The people who are closest to you are going to turn you over to people who hate me, Jesus, because of my name. That is terrible. Imagine you're with Jesus. You're really following him. He's telling you, it's not all clear, but you're going to be his leaders in the future, and you're going to be killed for it. You're going to be tortured. You're going to be imprisoned. You're going to be killed. That future is terrible from a natural point of view. Nobody should welcome that kind of future. And what Jesus says is true. Many of those closest disciples, after the resurrection of Jesus, when they go out into the world to tell everybody as he instructs them about him, they, ended up, they end up getting persecuted and getting killed. 30 years after those words, about 30 years, the Emperor Nero, after the great fire in Rome, begins a systematic persecution of Christians. Peter and Paul are killed. Peter is crucified. Paul has his head chopped off. What Jesus says in that passage to those first disciples about a terrible future from earthly in earthly terms, it takes place. It doesn't just take place for those original disciples, it takes place for future disciples about their terrible future from an earthly point of view. I think you know this, in the past decade, more Christians have been killed because they stay true to Jesus than in that persecution of Nero, particularly in the Middle East and in parts of Africa. More Christians have been killed that has become their future in our lifetime than for those first disciples. Hmm. Third, teaching about Jesus, clear revelation about the future in that passage is the middle part. He's talking about the end of the world. He eventually, well, not eventually, he teaches us that he will come at the end of earthly time to bring human history to its conclusion. Before that takes place, he says in this passage, terrible things are going to happen on this planet. 
There are going to be wars and insurrections. Nation will rise against nation. Kingdom will rise against kingdom. There will be earthquakes and famines and plagues. There will be somehow terrible cosmic events that will happen in the future before his second coming and the end of earthly history. That is terrible. None of that is good. If you hear that and say, hey, yeah, I'm looking forward to the plague, you're nuts. It's a terrible future. So what's the commonality? Jesus teaches clearly things about the future, terrible things about the future. Some of them have already taken place. Some of them have taken place and they are continuing to take place. Some of them about the end of time, the end of earthly time will take place. That's not his entire teaching in there. Critically in there is his teaching at the end of the passage, by your perseverance, you will secure your lives. Terrible things will happen in the future, but by your perseverance, you will secure your lives. Perseverance in what? Prayer, someone says. In faith. Christianity 101. Perseverance in faith. If you live as my disciples, if I become your Lord, if you accept me as your Savior, if you live my love, by your perseverance in living as my disciples, you will secure your lives. That not you will save yourself. If you say yes to me, I will save you. If you say yes to me, all of these natural, horrible things that will take place, I will save you from them. I will supernaturally lead you through whatever passion there is on this planet, and I will lead you to eternal life. If you persevere in living my love, if you persevere in helping build my kingdom, if you persevere in being true to my name, by your perseverance, you will secure your lives. So take that where you will this week. It is Christianity 101. We are meant to be reminded of this. Cancer is terrible, but it should not shock us. All kinds of terrible things happen on this planet. They should not shock us. Jesus, the Son of God, tells us this. Here's one thought I invite you to weave into your reflection this week. You know, we hear these readings on Sundays on a three-year cycle. So the last time we heard this, the 33rd Sunday of Ordinary Time in this three-year cycle, was November 17th, 2019. Imagine if I had come in here on November 17th, 2019, and I told you, hey, listen, this sounds nuts, but I woke up this morning and there was a message from God on my bed. I didn't write it. Handwriting is too nice. There was a message from God about the future. I have to tell you this message. The message from God is next month, December 2019, there's going to be a case in China of a person who has coronavirus disease. What is that? I've never heard of coronavirus. I mean, I think maybe I've heard like bird flu. God says in this, listen to this. God gave me this message. In January, the World Health Organization is going to tell us that this disease is a danger to the rest of the world. I, I got the message. 
The message says that March, which is just a few months away from now, it's going to become a worldwide pandemic. The message says that in March, just a couple months from now, everything is going to get shut down. Schools are actually going to be closed. Businesses are going to be shut down. Hundreds of millions of people, including many of you, are going to get this disease. All of us are going to realistically fear that we're going to die from this disease. Six plus million people will no longer be on this planet because of this disease. You won't even be able to go to church for an extended period of time. Oh, and there's more in the message. There is going to be this bizarre outpouring of racial violence in this country, and there's going to be rioting on the streets of this country in just a few months. Wait, and there's more. There's going to be this sweeping political correctness in which many of you are going to be considered hateful if you stay true to the teaching of Jesus. Wait, and there's more in this message. Really, I got this message from God. There's going to be rioting in January of the year after this, where these people are going to believe that an election was stolen, which it wasn't. They're going to riot and attack the U.S. Capitol and try to shut down the certification of that election, and they're going to kill people in the process. Oh, wait, and there's more in this message. Uh, I, I mean, this is really crazy. In this message, it says that the economy is going to tank and inflation is going to be the highest it's been in 40 years. If I had come in here and said that, you would have said, he's nuts. That is not, that is a terrible future. He's nuts. And you would have gone to your friend Carol in Hampton Beach, the one who reads your palm. You know Carol? And Carol would say, he is crazy. Carol with the smoker's voice who doesn't see anything about cancer in the future. Carol would tell you, that priest is nuts. Obviously, that's not going to happen. But it would have been true. It would have been true about the immediate future that three years later, we would have this list of terrible realities. People who were in this church on November 17th, 2019, are no longer here because they're now dead. Some of them from coronavirus. It's always the case. We're never all here three years later. People have gone through a terrible future. And here we are. Many of you persevered, and we persevered together through that three-year period in faith. Many of us in this community, week by week, kept pursuing Jesus, supported one another in pursuing Jesus, made decisions together to continue to live our faith, to have a school open when public schools were closed for a year, to have worship in a parking lot for a year, to pursue one another and support one another even when we were locked down, to go to Jesus and hear his word, to receive him in the Eucharist, and to persevere. Whether we are here today at this table or others of us whom I firmly believe are at the eternal feast in heaven, we have persevered and our lives have been secure, whether it's on this planet or whether it's eternally. I think it would be 
crazy not to consider that. You have been listening to Father Paul O'Brien, pastor of St. Patrick Parish in Lawrence, Massachusetts. For more information about the parish and to get involved, please go to stpatrickparish.com or follow us on social media. Thank you for listening.